0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. This is our new show called What the Forensics, or WTF, as we've decided. Um, my name's Nicole. I'm Journey. <laughs> I'm Rebecca. <laughs> and, like, we're super excited to be kickstarting this podcast for everyone. Um, we're newbies at this. It's our first time. We don't really know what we're doing, but um, we're going to take it one day at a time, one podcast at a time, and see what we're doing and how it goes. Um, As you can see, if you're watching the video, um, we're all in separate locations. We're using Microsoft Teams, um, obviously, because of COVID-19. I'm in Halifax right now, like downtown. Um, Journey, Rebecca, where are you guys?
1: I'm in central Alberta, (laughs) which is fun.
0: (laughs) Oh, Rebecca, you muted yourself.
2: I'm not good with technology. I'm the slow one here. Um, I'm also in Nova Scotia, but I'm in quarantine, so I can't meet up with Nicole right now to do this together.
0: Yeah. So, as we just saw, bear with us if there's any technical problems or difficulties throughout this episode. Um, We really don't know what we're going to be doing. Um, So, this is just kind of our introduction. See how things go, what we should do differently. And just to let you guys know, especially just in this episode, we are covering content based on assault, racism, and murder. There's going to be a case that we're talking about later on. And also studies that have been done on human cadavers. Well, and pigs, but humans are more interesting. So, listener discretion is advised. Um, so, it's on you if you don't like it and you keep listening. <laughs> so, journey tell us a little bit about
1: yourself all right so uh, my name is journey obviously and i am a fourth year forensic anthropology student i'm going to st mary's university in halifax which is where i met these two Um, i was raised on a sheep farm in central alberta and my dad is a chiropractor which is where my first interest in bones started however i really didn't want to touch people for a living so i crossed that off my list (laughs) quickly Um, When I was a little bit older, I was reading a Nancy Drew book where she is an archaeologist, and I thought that looked like so much fun. Um, And then in grade nine, I started watching the TV show Bones, and I fell in love with Temperance Brennan and Forensic Anthropology, and I decided that it was a perfect combination of Bones and archaeology, and I'm like, yep, I'm going to base my life off of a TV show and live as much as possible in a fantasy land. And now here we are. I've almost completed my Bachelor of Arts in forensic anthropology, and I'm starting a podcast, and I'm
0: super excited. And that's me. <laughs> I, love I love that. I love how, like, chiropractor, you're just like, that's what you're going to be doing is touching people for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, other ways you could have worded that, but.
1: <laughs> well, I can work with dead people. They don't talk back, and yeah, easier.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. We all want that in life. Yeah, okay, Rebecca. True. How about you, what are you doing? Where did you gain your interest?
2: Well, as we've established, my name is Rebecca. Hi, Hello. Uh, I also go to school at St. Mary's. That's where we all met as Journey already mentioned. Um, I'm in a bachelor of science with my major in psychology, uh, certificate in forensic science and a minor in criminology. So it's all pretty related, but not absolutely related. (laughs) um my interest came from watching criminal minds that's where I got into psychology but realized that I think criminal psychology is a lot cooler so uh criminal minds is where it started and then I saw Dexter and I was like oh no that's cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I I thought blood splatter was the way to go and then I got into this program and realized that there are a lot of forensic disciplines and I don't know what I want (laughs) But at least we yeah, got a so lab
0: that's extra for a day, too, in our course. I think all of our dreams came true a little bit that lab. Absolutely. Okay, well, I guess I need to talk about myself then. Um, obviously, my name's Nicole. I'm from Ontario. I moved here again to go to school. I'm in third year, and I'm a psychology student, just like Rebecca. I'm not minoring in CRIM, though. I don't really know what I want to do. Um, I was going to, like, major... In psych and minor in bio and chem or something like that, because of how many like disciplines there are in forensics, I was like, oh, maybe I want to be a lab tech. And then I realized I had to do plant bio, and I just that was a no for me in organic chemistry, so that didn't work out. Anyways, just like you guys, um, I always want to be a cop, but then I was like, you know what, I don't want to be handing out speeding tickets. So after that, I started watching Bones like, you journey, and yeah. I originally Angela, and if anyone doesn't know the show, it's, like, she takes, I was gonna say takes pictures of dead people, but, like, she does a bit more than that. Um, she does, like, facial reconstructions, and she has all this cool technology, and I was, like, yes, that's what I want to do, not realizing that the world's not actually like that, and it's a TV show. <laughs> so, once I got into high school, I Didn't know what I wanted to do. I took an intro to sociology, anthropology, and psychology course. And for a final, we had to do like a victim map. So we were given victims where they were found, where they were last seen, like certain objects found on the bodies or certain pieces of evidence. But it was like some aspects were missing for each victim. And then you had to try and create a profile for the killer based on
2: that information
0: yeah This sounds like so the after, most
2: interesting high school project I've ever heard of
0: yeah and I was I went far too into it I got like my google maps out I was seeing like how many hours it was to drive from each state how it was even plausible and there had to be like two people but then like we learned about like organized and disorganized killers like males and females so that was really cool um and then I started rewatching Bones, and then Sweets came into it. And I love Sweets. And he is what got me into forensic psychology, in a sense. I love it. So, yes. It, it all started with a TV show, I guess, for all of us. Yes. Which is kind of funny, because I feel like nothing is like the TV show at all. Like, based on what we've done in our shows, not our shows, in our um, classes... Well, it's majority of what we learn is like, just so you know,
1: this is nothing like what it's like on TV. And I'm like, okay, but a TV show got me into this. So it must be kind of exciting.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's like, can it be a little like TV?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, there was a thing, like, isn't it something that you were looking up, Rebecca? Like, what was it? The CSI effect? Like, I know we didn't talk about this at the beginning of first year forensics, and it was like do people like forensics or like like crime because of TV or do they like it because of something else? What was like the whole aspect of that, Rebecca?
2: Uh, yeah, so I was actually going to talk about the CSI effect later on, so I can definitely talk about it now. Yeah. Um, the CSI effect came into play in starting the early 2000s, around when CSI and all those other major crime shows started to come out. Um, the TV show sparked a very big at least national attention in America to forensic science because people were like, wow, that's cool. That's what the police do. (laughs) Um, But it kind of gave everybody this high expectation that every single trial and every single case is going to have evidence, uh, like forensic scientific evidence, which caused a, not a big problem per se, but uh, a lot of juries in the States, they noticed that, juries were acquitting more defendants because they believed that for a trial to be uh good enough and for someone to have enough proof to be uh deemed guilty they thought there had to be scientific evidence and because they didn't have the scientific evidence for a lot of the criminal cases that usually go to court people were just like nope not doing it not acquitting them Uh, So there was a study actually released by Greg Barrick and Young Kim of Eastern Michigan University that they surveyed over a thousand jurors in the States. There's not much uh, research about it in Canada, by the way, which is why this is all American inspiration. Um, But they showed that 46% of jurors that participated in the survey expected every single criminal case to have at least some kind of definite
0: forensic evidence. So would this just be, like, fingerprints and... Yeah, like,
2: fingerprints, DNA, ballistics. Like, they thought 46% 46 of jurors thought every single criminal case should have scientific evidence. And they expected to see some kind of it.
0: They obviously haven't watched Dexter because he doesn't leave behind evidence, okay? Exactly. Exactly. So, I honestly didn't know that. If you guys were jurors, would you, like, if you... We're given a case and there's like obviously circumstantial evidence but maybe like one or two physical evidence that was like kind of iffy would you guys be like no I need more or would you just go off that
1: I mean I'm really bad because I'm like okay I like go off my gut I'm like yeah this person's guilty and then I like try and like listen for evidence that like supports my theory and then I'm like no you can't actually do that you need to like listen to evidence and it's gonna be confusing but it's right, so that's why you need it. But I don't actually know.
2: Yeah, I, I, I feel think. the same way. I think it it really depends on the criminal case because obviously some cases are going to have a lot more scientific yeah. evidence than others because further found from this study done at Michigan University, uh, 32% of the jurors believed that ballistic or other fire uh, firearms evidence would also be in every criminal case.
0: So they just, oh, I mean, not to be rude to the Americans, but, like, <laughs> <it> guns. <laughs> like, I can see how they were like, oh, everyone's got their guns. Everyone's going to have, like, shot fired or something. Like, that just baffles me as a Canadian.
1: I mean, yeah. it makes sense if every person in the States is legally allowed to carry a gun. that there's, like, statistically, they're going to have a higher incidence of yeah, gun
0: things. Absolutely. I'm just trying to think of, like, a criminal case, though, that, like, you obviously wouldn't have a gun. Like, there would be no reason to have a gun. Like, sure, exactly. if they like, can enter, you can have a gun, sexual assault, assault, sure, bring a gun. I'm not, like, I'm not saying bring a gun, <laughs> but, like, I'm saying it makes sense. Um, those are the only ones I can think of anyways. Okay, well... Um aside from bringing guns to fight
2: oh. <laughs>
0: um, what for the listeners out there that don't really know what forensics is and what stream we're in? like I know you mentioned that there's several um disciplines of forensic and stuff like that. like what else really is there to forensics, Rebecca
2: so the most in the most broad sense. Forensic science is the application of science to criminal and civil laws during investigation. So really, forensic just means sci- like something applied to the law. So you can have a botanist who studies and researches plants, but you can also have a forensic botanist that studies and researches plants as they pertain to a specific investigation. So if a body was found in the woods... They could identify what by the plants around it if the body was placed there uh, an hour after death, whether the body was uh, killed somewhere else and dragged there. They can in sometimes find, uh, identify suspect based on the plants, based on if they find seed pods. Um, but yeah, there's a very common misconception that I was definitely under the belief of when I joined forensic science that... <laughs> To be a forensic scientist meant you get to do everything.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that was, and... I was
0: so bummed. Like when we had to so for our course, biology and chemistry was a prerequisite. And I was like, okay, like this is cool. I can get a little taste of everything. And then as soon as I get in there, I was like, Oh, yeah, that's the other end of the spectrum from <laughs> what I want to do in psych and biology yeah
2: so as it turns out being a forensic scientist could be any type of forensic or any type of scientist in any discipline and you can be forensic as long as you're applying it to the law and have the credentials so there's forensic chemistry botany biology there's forensic linguistics anthropology archaeology psychology (laughs) entomology entomology and the list just keeps going
0: um, I was going to look up some crazy ones but I've decided I don't want to do that you've named well, a lot of them
1: I worked with a lady last week who's like I should have become a forensic accountant and I'm like I could not oh. look at numbers like they're stressful enough as they are but apply them to a legal setting where you're like if you make a mistake then it's like legal and you're yeah. like oh okay you went to jail because I'm dyslexic like good <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I heard a case and, like, well, it wasn't really a case. It was just about this woman, I think it was, and her job. Yeah, like, a forensic accountant or a forensic something in that business stream. And what she did was, like, look for fraud or, like, anything, like, stolen through embezzling in these companies. Like, big, big companies. And she just, like, took them to the police and was like, yeah, you're going to court. Like, you embezzled a whole lot of money. And... I found that out. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> like, it's interesting, but I don't think I'd ever be able to look at numbers all day. Mm-hmm. Um, to each their
2: own. Some people have number brains, and I do not. <laughs> yeah,
0: <is> that you. <laughs> I mean, if there's a listener out there that loves numbers. Exactly. So come tell us how it is, because the three of us hate numbers.
1: I mean, maybe
2: sometime we'll cover forensic accounting in an episode, but I'm not going to
0: be a forensic
2: accountant
1: yes
0: that's a good way to put that yeah so with this whole podcast too like I know it's the first episode and we're kind of getting like used to everything we just wanted to like let our listeners know as well kind of how it came to be like it kind of started like we just had a hey do you guys want to start a podcast one day (laughs) (laughs) um like okay like obviously once COVID hit we're like there's nothing better to do so might as well um but like like Journey like how did we really how would you say the podcast started like from how we met and like stuff like that
1: well I mean so Rebecca and I were chem partners in our second semester of her first year and my second year I think Mm -hmm. and um so that's how we became friends and then we applied to be executives on the forensic society and we both got event coordinator which was super exciting and then because we're <laughs> because we were event coordinators um we had to go to like the forensic society expo um which is basically where students can just walk around and choose which society they want to be a part of and nicole came up to us and was like oh my goodness guys are you in my forensic class and we're like yes yeah. <laughs> i think so and she's like "Hey, i'm not gonna be there for the first class so would one of you guys text me what happens and we're like sure of course so then that's how i got her number and then the next week at school after she was back and i had forgotten to text her what happened <laughs> in that friend's class thank um, you for that helpful. Time. i'm nothing but reliable um <laughs> We had a Greek history class together, I believe, that year, and um, so I told her, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, but this is what happened, and then she's like, that's fine, and then that night, we had a forensics class, which all three of us were in, and we sat at the same table with a couple other people, and we were the only people we knew in that <laughs> class, so it was kind of nice <laughs> a safety blanket. Um, and yeah, and that's how we became friends, pretty much. We've just become inseparable and then um I think it was the end of last year we were just kind of like talking and then someone was like oh my goodness we should start a podcast because usually we just get together and talk about forensic things in our own home we're like why not share that with the world so
2: (laughs) why not share our our morbid interest with Others with Others.
0: the same morbid interest. <laughs> exactly. I mean, exactly. Like, some of the conversations we've had, like, we got so in-depth, and then we just sit for a second, and feel like... Yeah, I don't think this is normal that we're excited about, like, these murders and the way people died or how they were found.
1: Right? Like, I try and talk to anyone else about this, and they're like, yeah, that's creepy. And I'm like, it's actually not. It's very interesting. I'm not a psychopath, I promise.
0: List yeah. the criteria of what it is to be a psychopath, to <laughs> be like, mm, ma'am, not me. I've even done this, 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 or this. Yeah. Yeah, it was like. Kind of- sorry, go ahead.
2: Sorry, I was just gonna say, I feel like not everybody just reads weird forensic studies in their free time. Oh my gosh, yeah. But Nicole, you found a really fun one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I feel bad for laughing, and this is part of my presentation that I gave for my class. It's called tophonomy, so it's, like, the study of how bodies decompose and how, like, the weather or water, different factors in the environment can affect a body decomposition. Um, sorry, this is more about that I'm laughing. Can you read um, that the it,
1: title of it, please? Uh, yes, <laughs>
0: it's like, um, So it's called "Lemonade from Lemons: The Taxonomic Effects of Lawn Mowers on Skeletal Remains."
1: <laughs>
0: so. Basically what happened, this author was, like, Martin et al., 2013. So there's a couple of them that wrote this study. Um, It was in Illinois on this, like, um, anthro research complex, something or else. And they were actually doing a study about how the environment will affect decomp on three bodies that they had out there. So they were just seeing how, like, the weather patterns in the Illinois environment, whatever, decomposed bodies. So they had a contract with this um, maintenance crew, I guess, and they had this agreement: like, you don't do any maintenance until we say so, and we have to, like, watch you guys do this, or else something's going to go wrong. So obviously some guy was like, "Eh, I'm just going to lawn their grass, because I'm going to be nice and help out. (laughs) So this guy... Starts mowing the lawn and the bodies were overgrown because they'd been sitting there decomposing. So it was just like skeletal remains at this point. Tall grass covering them. He runs over all three bodies with the lawnmower, not even one, and realizes, what did I just hit? He drives over all three with his lawnmower. I can only imagine bones
2: feeling like running over rocks with your lawnmower. How do you Mm -hmm. not
1: realize that?
0: Like, well, this isn't grass. Oh, I'm just going to keep going. Like,
1: (laughs) why are there guts coming out of my lawnmower? Like, this is totally
0: normal. Like, shards and bone (laughs) strings going everywhere. Anyway, so they went to go clean up this uh, disaster of a study that was obviously ruined. And they were like, oh, these bones actually are dispersed in a certain pattern. So they decided to create a study of running. Um, pigs over with different lawnmowers what yes. dead
2: pigs right
0: <laughs> yes, yes yes, there were yeah dead <laughs> pigs, pigs, cadavers. so they had like three different lawnmowers multiple pigs and they were like well we'll just adjust the height of the blade you know the horsepower and we'll just drive over pigs
1: so why would they use pigs? Why wouldn't they use cadavers for this study?
0: Well, humans are also, like, people don't make their bodies. But I feel like this, if you just want a, like, skeletal body, humans are very hard because of the whole decomposition. And um, pigs are very similar to humans in their muscles and their, like, skin, their mass, what not their mass, but... I mean, there can be some fat pigs <laughs> so in all senses like they're super similar and the bone and cartilage is very similar as well um it's just like certain sense. we talked about this in class too there's certain like olf certain olfactory senses is that it that just mm-hmm. pigs from humans and that's kind of like the only key difference
1: oh right? okay.
0: Uh, am I missing anything I feel like that would be like the main
1: Yeah, I think it's just they're structurally similar to humans.
2: Yeah, I think it's, you're right, their structure and their flesh is very similar, I think, for, like, bruising patterns and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, they found out that the riding lawnmower, the one where you sit on, creates a bullseye pattern of fragmented bones. That's kind of cool. They have, like, a mulching lawnmower, so I looked it up, because I honestly thought a lawnmower was a lawnmower and I didn't know the differences between them it yep. was uh, like the pushing one with the blade underneath and sometimes you have the bag on the back so whatever it like cuts it it catches yeah, yep. it catches, yeah. so I guess you can also take the bag off I don't really know if there's a lawnmower expert listening please help me. <laughs> please help us <laughs> so that mulching one made like a small circle and it was like a continuous small circle which is really cool how it differs that drastically. And then the rotary lawnmower, they're like the old fashioned blade spinning, pushing ones. Okay. Cool. They also used those ones and that was just a mess. It created like some discontinuous rectangle. Like there was no pattern really to it at all, but I, it's morbid, but I laugh every time when I'm like, this man accidentally ran over three skeletons. And they were like, science. We can use this for science.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right? You um, really can make a study out of
2: anything. anything.
1: Yeah. Ooh. And the next mistake I have will be like, you know what? This is science. And then I'm going to study about it.
0: <laughs> I didn't fail. This is just my, like, starting stone. Or my starting exactly. thought. Whatever.
1: This is thing. my hypothesis.
0: exactly oh dear so that was a fun little not really case study It was just some research that i did but that was in 2013 though so what i was gonna say 17 years ago see math is not (laughs) (laughs) my thing seven years ago um but there's one that's kind of like recent in findings but an old case so journey do you want to kind of talk to us about that yeah so. <laughs> and i don't know anything about this either i've literally never heard of this case so i'm interested
1: okay so i came across this case uh once like a long time ago i can't remember i think it was in one of my classes and then just recently i was scrolling through facebook and i follow um a couple like anthropology pages and they were like um we're doing recent excavations for the Tulsa race massacre I was like okay that name sounds familiar like what is that so I googled it and you can believe everything on the internet um so on May 30th 1921 uh, a young black man who is named Dick Rowland was accused of assault Um, against a young white female elevator operator whose name was Sarah Page. Uh, All of the, like, retellings of what the actual assault was are different. So they're just kind of, like, encompassing it in assault. No one knows of what kind. Um, Anyways, he was arrested and, like, an investigation was launched and he was brought to the courthouse. And when he was brought to the courthouse, rumors kind of spread around the city that he was going to be lynched. Uh, so a group of white mob men came to the like sheriff and was like, yes, let's do this. This is a good idea, like justice, blah, blah, blah. And then a group of black mob men came and were like, no, you shouldn't do that just because he's black. So there's a little bit of tension between those two groups. And the sheriff tried to make sure that nothing really happened. He was like, hey, you guys just need to go home. We're taking care of this with the justice system. Like, just leave it to us. You aren't helping. And then the black mob was leaving and they were just like, okay, we'll leave it up to you. And then um, someone in the white mob kind of started like a confrontation with one of the guys. And then a shot was fired. No one knows from which side. But I, shot bet, like, fired. Yeah. I bet, white. yeah, honestly, it's always. <laughs> <laughs> we always. are just
2: shit disturbers. So.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and then chaos just, like, erupted. And so um, a couple people, I think it was, like, 12 people were killed in that initial, like, fight after that shot was fired. um, And then news that people had been killed, like, spread around the city. And then white rioters rampaged through, like, all of the black neighborhoods, killing men and women and looting stores and homes. And this only happened for 24 hours. Like, this happened May 31st, and it was done June 1st, 1921. And it was, like, the destruction was incredible. Because the attack was carried out, like, on the ground from people, like, looting stores and homes and stuff. But they were also people with, like, private airplanes were, like, dropping bombs. And oh so my God. yeah, what? right, what? So they dropped bombs on this like thirty five square block area um in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it was actually the neighborhood that was like the wealthiest in the black community, and they considered it like the Black Wall Street.
0: It was really? just
1: like, yeah, it was just annihilated after this twenty four hours.
0: So do they have a number of how many people were killed?
1: Um, in two thousand one they re- or there was a statement released that said thirty six people died um and over eight hundred people were injured. however, no
0: one really knows the number of people so that like, the number yeah, so is that why they're gonna try and do that excavation like so were the bodies just left there or do they have like a mass grave?
1: That's kind of what they're trying to figure out. they don't know where the mass grave is, and so Whoa. there was a Um, anomaly in this one cemetery in Tulsa and they were like maybe that's the mass grave from the Tulsa race riot and so the um, Oklahoma State archaeologist Carrie Stackelbeck and Phoebe Stubblefield who is the forensic anthropologist at the University of Florida they were kind of like okay we're going to excavate this area or do a test excavation see if we can find any human remains and if there are human remains we're going to kind of ID them and see where they came from and why they're there. They thought that it was gonna take like three to six days, but it ended up taking eight, which isn't much longer. And they actually had a 24 hour live stream of the excavation site, like on Facebook. So you could watch them work,
0: which That's was so cool. cool. Yeah, and then they had like, sorry? So I was gonna say that excavation though, like if they decided to just excavate that whole area, that would have taken forever though, right? Cause you did a field study last year. And it was, like, what, a week? And you only did a small area excavation? Yeah,
1: to do a proper excavation of, like, that whole 35-square block would just be crazy. Yeah. Like, I think it would be almost impossible. And so I'm sure that the bodies of the people who had died were gathered and buried somewhere. We just need to find out where. Mm -hmm. And, unfortunately, it wasn't where they were excavating. They released an update that said... Um, there's no evidence of human remains in that area, but they're going to continue looking. Oh. And I find that a little bit weird because they were excavating in a cemetery, supposedly. And they found no
0: remains. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so I don't do you, really do know you
2: think, how that works.
0: Was do you think custom? maybe they mean
2: like they didn't find evidence of suspicious human remains? Or were they really just like, there's just no bodies
1: in this cemetery. There's none. Well, all of the f- <laughs> or, like, soil that they took out was, like, filled with just, like, household garbage. Like, it was just dirty
0: soil. And so I don't know...
1: Was it, like, a custom
0: back in the day to, like, just put a tombstone where your loved one was and, like, bury them under your house? Like, where would you put the body? I have no idea. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, it was super cool that now they're, like, actually looking into what happened, and we might finally know who fired that first shot, how many people died, like, what actually happened. And a yeah.
0: 100 years <laughs>
1: later, right, they're actually looking into like, the single worst incident of racial violence in American history. Wow. Yeah, which is kind of cool with the whole, like, Black Lives Matter things that are yeah. going on
0: right now. And it's, yeah, um, that like, they considered that as like, the single most horrific which totally makes sense because of the time period like it was only 24 hours these mobs and riots happened like obviously there's been awful horrendous things that have happened but like yeah it's and it happened
2: such a prolific like such a wealthy community
0: too yeah like yeah. like yeah. That are
2: black wall street like that's a very yeah. wealthy community and for it to just be destroyed in like a day is unreal
1: completely abolished like just rubble after yeah crazy
0: is it, is it bad that like the only thing that i can think of was like elevators were invented by then like you had mentioned something at the very beginning of like this white woman taking an elevator up and I was, like
1: she are- was the elevator operator yeah so like, they're <laughs> obviously not as advanced <laughs> as they are now <laughs> like you don't just get on and push a button but yeah I learned 1857
0: 1857 was the first elevator
1: really was
0: 1921 whatever the year it was the that
2: pulpit. is a lot later than I or earlier than I thought it was yeah I agree
0: not... it used to be a dangerous business
1: uh, I still have elevator anxiety
0: I hate elevators yeah, yeah. Um, I honestly thought like when we were kind of talking about what we wanted to do for this episode, when you said the race riot in Tulsa, I didn't even think of like racial aspects to it. I was like, there was like an Indy 500 type race, like, I didn't know Tulsa <laughs> had these race car tracks and all this shit. And I'm like, oh, sorry, my French, uh, <laughs> but like, my, that's how like.
1: Oblivious, I am. <laughs> well, I thought it was gonna be like that Boston
2: race massacre
1: or bombing, I guess. Yeah, it was.
2: that was my initial thought as well. I don't even yeah. know what that is.
1: <laughs> well, I guess we can cover it's that
2: for next a further
1: episode.
0: episode. Yeah, <laughs> stay tuned. I guess we know yeah. what we're talking about next time.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, awesome. Uh, that's wild. I honestly. Imagine, like, okay, don't really imagine because it's kind of horrid to think about this. Like, what if you were in that situation? I I, yeah. Like, would your mind just go, "Mm, let's go bomb a neighborhood because they disagree with us? Like, that's so extreme. White people.
1: Right? Like, the sheriff had it figured out. Everything was under (laughs) control. He
0: doesn't need your help. He's the sheriff for a reason. Well, the thing, too, like, why did they go for lynching as a punishment? That's just,
1: a, that was a common thing in that day.
0: Instead of just being, like, go- going to the gallows, you would be lynched instead. Yeah. Wow, that sounds not fun.
1: Right? In all aspects. Yeah, no, thank you
0: um okay well Rebecca is changing sceneries right now um we don't really have since it was just our first episode there isn't much else to go off of do you guys have anything you want to add say stories
1: I mean I was just gonna say that like our future episodes we're just gonna talk about like killers forensic disciplines current news old case studies and we're always open for suggestions about what you guys are interested in hearing about we'd love to get some feedback about what you think we should talk about what we should work on any tips and tricks to making a podcast would be greatly appreciated (laughs) much appreciated yes (laughs) we're just kind of like blind leading the blind but yeah that's pretty much it for me
0: Yeah, and especially for this episode, maybe next in the future, we're trying to work on audio equipment because right now, since it's remote, we're going through our headphones and our laptop. So hopefully we'll have microphones soon. We're trying to figure all that out. We don't know anything about technology either, so it's quite a learning curve for us. Yeah, Yeah. and hopefully we can
1: find a little jingle to play at the beginning and the end just to make it a little bit more fun. I'll just sing for you guys what the
2: forensics listen to i us. love it i
1: love
0: it <laughs> um Necco, where can our listeners find us since we spent listeners past, like week doing stuff for it they can find
2: us on what the forensics on instagram uh at twitter at wtforensicspc, or it's for what the forensics podcast if it helps you remember uh YouTube is what the forensics and our Facebook page is the same name what the forensics
0: <laughs> so yeah so we've got our YouTube because we're recording our um I was going to say Skype it's not Skype nor Zoom Microsoft Teams email. yeah that's the word um cuz I know like I either sometimes have it on the back or I just like seeing people's facial expressions and stuff like that so if you're a visual learner learner um listener i guess can you listen through your eyes i don't know anyways it's on there
1: <laughs> we also and have a website, website. yeah i was Sorry. just gonna was... mention that
2: <laughs> oh look at that we're on the same track yeah you should be able to find us at what but that's a work in progress
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes hopefully by the time this episode goes up it'll be up there um so fingers crossed, there's a contact page you can send us information suggestions, what we shouldn't talk about, should talk about, all of that fun stuff. Um a little side story to end us off. <laughs> so we had the medical examiner of Nova Scotia come in and teach a lecture for us um at school. And his name's Dr. Bose. Hey Dr. Bose, if you're watching. Um <laughs> We're tight now. It's fine. I have your phone number. We still need to sit in an <laughs> autopsy, but whatever. That's so creepy.
1: <laughs> I have your
0: phone number. Um, we're close friends, you know. Um, yeah. He was telling us a story about one of his bodies. Okay, that sounds weird. Um, one of his cadavers, I guess. Patients. Patients. Yeah. Victims. Cases? I don't know if it was a homicide, cases. though. One of his cases. cases. Okay, yeah. One of his cases. The man was in rigor mortis, which is where, like, the body and the muscles stiffen up post-mortem, which I can't remember if everyone does it, but depending on the environment and temperature and whatever, like, your body just stiffens and then it relaxes. So I guess After, that After, go...
1: like, a few hours, you, like, yeah. stay in this rigor mortis for, like, a long time.
0: yeah. So Dr. Bose was working on this patient and he was in rigor mortis. And obviously you can't perform an autopsy when someone's in rigor mortis because you're just like cutting into tightened muscle and it's just not easy and the body's not movable. So he was saying he had his back turned to this patient in rigor mortis or case and um, by himself and this whole autopsy room with like four tables I think they all had someone on them like freezer night shift and this guy comes out of rigor mortis in the middle of him writing his notes and like grazes his back (laughs) like and falls out of rigor mortis and just lightly touches him and he thought he almost like crapped himself he thought he was dead he Nothing scares him because obviously, if you're a medical examiner, you see some gross and scary things. But he said that was scared the living shite out of him. So, <laughs> yeah. oh
2: my goodness, I can only I, imagine.
0: I, oh my god, I would be mortified. I probably would have PTSD from that. I think I'd just quit
2: my job I'd be like, <laughs> "Yep, gone,
0: bye." <laughs> just walk out right there, okay. <laughs> Yet you can yeah. find someone else. Yeah, this is no longer my issue. Yeah. Well, for good thing for dead people. As you said, they can't talk back.
1: But they, <laughs> but they can make you crap
0: yourself. Crap <laughs> <Grab> yourself, yep. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to hopefully be back soon. We don't know when. School starts for us next week. We don't know how to edit, and we don't know our schedules yet. So hopefully by the time we post this, there will be another one in the works. And we just want to thank, it's probably just our friends and family right now listening to us. Um,
2: But but if anyone
0: (laughs) if Once we go viral, everyone's going to want to start from the beginning. So if this is you, if this is one of you, when we're famous and you're listening to us, hello (laughs) and thank Uh, you for listening thank you okay well we'll see you guys here let's talk to you guys next time on what the forensics i don't know yeah guys they can't see you unless they watch but see you next time on what the forensics